Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 100 Straight Podcast. I'm once again joined by Nick Kingry as a co-host today, and today we're going to be talking to Mr. Jacob Duran from Tennessee. Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jack. How are y'all doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Hope y'all had a Merry Christmas. Oh, it was a it was a great Christmas this year. It was. Oh, oh. The snow wasn't on the ground down around here. I'd be all right so we could get out and shoot a little more. I'm just not acclimated to the cold weather like the guys from out west and up north are. Yeah, I you didn't like want to shoot that negative 40. Sorry, didn't mean to talk over you. You didn't want to shoot that negative 40 wind chill, Jack? No, I wasn't really geared for that, to be honest with you. I think it only got to, to about a negative 18 here. So y'all had a little bit colder. Well, Nick, if you want to get us started here, you can go ahead and get the first question out of the way. All right. Uh, Jacob, first question we got here is, uh, uh, you haven't really been shooting that long and everything. And I was just wanting to ask you, like, how'd you get started and who kind of coached you up to get started and everything? Well, so my my mom and dad, when the, they were in college, they, they shot for the UT Martin. They really, I think they started the UT Martin ski kind of uh, club there, which I think is still going today. But they uh, they shot in that for a few years, and uh, I think they they traveled to the to the ACUI. I think is the uh, collegiate competition in there in San Antonio. In San Antonio, I believe, is what where they went, and uh, they so they shot in that. I think maybe a year or two, but after they uh, graduated college and had me and uh, my brother Brady they kind of they kind of stopped shooting but it, it was it was probably in the 2016 beginning of 2017 when uh we uh really started started looking at shooting again and my, uh, my mom and dad they they went and got their uh 4-H uh coaching uh done and so then they came back to uh, Wayne County and started the the 4-H pro, uh, uh shotgun team program up and we uh we started shooting we really just shot started out really shooting up on the local range which is just like a pistol range and we had a we had a wooden box and we'd put a uh, it was an atlas trap machine in it just with the battery and had spray painted stations on where we shot at and it was really it started out just me uh, my brother brady uh seth sweeney who uh he shoots for a uh, doan university now in nebraska and another close friend of mine, his name's Joe Martin, but he he does not he does not shoot much anymore. And uh, we we shot we practice once or twice a week, and then it came to the 4-H, the really only big 4-H competition they had. So we went and shot that, and uh, that was shot in uh, in Nashville at the Nashville Gun Club here in Tennessee. And uh, after that, we were kind of like, you know, what what else is there to do? It kind of sparked our interest, and we. We, uh, we, we really wanted to progress more into trap shooting. So we checked into the uh, ATA and uh, we, we attended the Tennessee State trap shoot and the AIM Grand and the, the first few days of the Grand American. And uh, we, we started that, I think it was in 20, 2017. And uh, after that, just kind of shooting off of my, my learning from tips that my, my dad gave me, friends would give me kind of, just shooting didn't know exactly what i was doing but kind of had an idea of it and uh 
we uh we became started to become good friends with the lovelesses and uh so then we went with uh, mitchell for a few lessons and he really helped me and he helped my brother out a lot with uh, just fixing the, the small things that we were doing wrong and just kind of forming us into the shooters who we are today and uh we uh we couldn't thank him enough for that but he he, he did us a big favor in, in everything he's done How long into – I know you've been shooting for just a short amount of time relatively compared to everybody else. Uh, how long did it take you to go from when you started to when you got your Kohler that you got now? Because that's kind of when you saw a lot of your biggest jump, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, I shot – I started out shooting a uh, – I don't don't know what model, but it was just a Stoger uh, unsingle – or not unsingle, just single shot. And I, I shot, I shot that for maybe a few months, and then uh, I ended up getting a. It was a Beretta, I believe, a six ninety black, which we we didn't know at the time that you really needed you needed more of a trap gun to trap shoot. We just kind of thought, you know, a shotgun. So then after that, I shot that. I shot that for for probably a year. After that, I ended up uh, buying. It was a, a Caesar Greeny, I think it's the Summit trap combo. You know, I shot that for, I probably shot that for a year and a half, maybe two years until we, we were actually at the Kentucky State shoot there. And uh, I'd been having troubles, just it didn't, it didn't feel right. And, and just consistency, you know, I would, I would shoot good and then just shoot bad. You know, I just couldn't, couldn't get it all, all together. And so we, uh, we went over to Elite Shotguns and, and Aaron, he, uh, he, he let us pick up a few colors and he actually let me demo demo uh, one for, I think it was a few handicap rounds, which by that time, you know, my scores, they, they, they wasn't going to hurt too much by shooting a new gun. But I really, I started shooting that and, and I, I fell in love with the gun there at Kentucky. After that, we I think we traveled maybe to another shoot or two. And then at the grand, I, uh, I decided at the grand, it was time for me to, to, uh, to buy the Kohler. And I believe, I believe, I believe I bought it in 2019. I believe is when I bought when I bought my color. So I've been I've been shooting it for for many years, but it was uh, it was a lot of thinking. But I'm glad that I made the choice to go with the color. It's the it's the it's the best gun that I've ever shot. Your scores definitely show it. That's for sure. Yeah, they do. Uh, when you went with the Kohler, did you get was is it yours? A, yours is a thirty four thirty or is it thirty four thirty two? Mine's a thirty four thirty two. I know your your double scores obviously are uh, very consistently high, and you find that in your average. I just was interested. I didn't know if you went with the thirty inch over unders or if you thought the thirty two swung a little better. Uh, you know, at the time, I never. I, I guess at the time I bought mine, I, I don't think the the thirty four thirty two was as big as, or the thirty four thirty was as big as it is now. But I, I don't think I, I ever shot one of the thirty the thirty four thirties. But I just assumed the which I'm a I'm a I'm a taller taller guy, so I just went with the thirty two. But I hadn't shot a thirty, but the thirty might do me better. I don't know. I wouldn't change much the way you've been shooting, but uh. 
Another question I got kind of still on the same line as your gun is you shoot with a leather padded comb. Is there any particular reason you do that or is it just because the recoil in your face pretty much? Well, you know, it, it's not really, it seemed like the recoil, it wasn't, it wasn't like hit me in my face, but the, uh, just the sliding when, when you get like in the summer times, you know, and, and which at the Tennessee state shoot, it gets hot there, you know? And I think that's really where, where I started to notice the problem was it would, when I would shoot, you know, after shooting hundred, 200, 300 rounds for multiple days, you know, it, uh, it starts to kind of rub and it started rubbing like a blister on my face. And, uh, so I, I ended up, uh, ended up contacting, uh, actually contacted, I think it was Tron space there. I think in Michigan, he does some, some, uh, duplicate cones and he duplicated my cone and, uh, it's identical to the, to the wooden one, but it, it's, it's just got a leather pad over top of it. Yeah. Well, that seems like the ticket to go then. It it's, seems to be working. <laughs> it's not as pretty, but it, it works. It doesn't matter if it's pretty as long as it works. Most definitely. Well, Jacob, I got another question for you here. Uh, and the, again, this is just a thing that I noticed from shooting with you is you like to shoot a one ounce shell on handicap as opposed to the ounce and the eighth that a lot of people shoot. Could you tell us a little bit why you shoot the one ounce on handicap and how you think it affects you positively or if you think it's a little disadvantage or what, what do you think about that? Well, uh, I use a really start out when I, I shot, uh, I think it was the nitro one and an eighth ounce, uh, 11 or twelve thirty five, And, and it seemed like I was hitting the backs out of everything when I would shoot them. And then it was just that, that extra recall, you know, that it didn't seem it, it, you could tell a difference from going from singles, which I shoot eleven forty fives one and an eighth ounce in a singles and, and in doubles. But, you know, it was just like a big recoil jump. And so I, I was, I was hitting the backs out of the, a lot of the clays and, and, uh, I, I think, think, um, uh, the time, one of my friends, I think it might've been, might've been Seth. I think might've had, I think he had a box of, uh, like 12 nineties and, uh, I tried those out and it seemed like I was hitting more in the middle. And then that, that recoil, it, it seemed like it got it more, more back to a uh, 1145 kind of and just the same feel. And uh, I use that. It's I usually use eight shot, just 1290s. And I use a lot full choke. And it, it, seem, it seems to me, you know, I, I don't think it's a disadvantage, but I don't think it's an advantage. You know, I, I, I feel like it's it, it shoots. It breaks them about the same as a one and the eighth ounce does. Yeah, well, I mean, Standing beside you, I can't tell a difference, but obviously that's just something that I've always found interesting because, I mean, just seems like the traditional way to go on really just trap targets in general are an ounce and an eighth, you know. So I thought that's pretty interesting that you still break them with a one ounce. Well, I think it was actually – it might have been you, Jack. I think you brought me the uh, the one ounces. The, I think it was those one ounce fiochis you brought me, wasn't it? I cannot remember. I know, I know. I tried about two cases of them one time, but yeah, I, th I think it was. I think I got. I, I called you, and I think you got me a box of uh, of the one ounce fiochis. And I think I shot. I did. I shot those, and uh, I went from the twenty five 
that first that day at Kentucky, uh, I went from the twenty five to the twenty seven or twenty five and a half to the twenty seven in that day. Kentucky's the place to do it, that's for sure. Oh yeah, that's 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 handicap paradise there. A lot of good double scores broke there too. Oh yeah, yeah they they throw some uh, beautiful beautiful every targets really. I mean, if you just look at the scores, especially on Saturday, I've noticed. Uh, you look at any other state shoots, there's maybe four or five two hundreds on Saturday, and then you look at Kentucky, and there's twelve, thirteen. Like you don't see that in any other state shoot. Oh yeah, and and usually the weather, you know, it's either hot or it's raining there too. It's just still just the way the targets throw, just perfect. They look huge going through there. And I don't really know what it is about Missouri, but you'd think it would be about the same as Kentucky because, you know, they have the same trap set up and stuff. But I don't – it's just completely different, and I haven't really been able to figure it out, to be honest. Oh, yeah. We – I've only shot uh, – I, I skipped the grand that one year at Missouri when it was there, but we shot, I think, the year after for the state shoot. I, uh, we shot there, and I just – it. I don't know. It, it seemed – to me – it seemed more difficult to shoot there than, than most places, but then to a lot of people, you know, they were breaking high scores. So it, it was probably just me. <laughs> I remember I shot the grand out there and I, I had always squatted on the, the farther right end, like trap 25, 26, 27, like right down there on the end. And I didn't really think it was that bad, but obviously I haven't shot as many places and i i at the time back in 2020 i didn't really know what to look for like i did now but uh all i remember about going out there is on it was friday the doubles championship and we were first flight out and they had that fog were you shooting out there nick i know jacob said you didn't go or jacob you said you didn't go but that fog out there on that first flight, I ain't never shot doubles like that in my life, and I, I wouldn't care if I ever had to again. I did not enjoy it at all. No, I skipped that year, um, the COVID year. I just didn't really feel like being around all those people and everything. I remember seeing pictures from, from the fog and everything. I think the ATA posted a picture or two of it on their uh, Instagram, I think. Yeah, I mean, there was 100 straights broken that day. And I, I think I remember reading in the trapping field, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a couple of years ago, but uh, it was the year that year out there in Missouri. Henry Wynn from Kentucky got runner up in the doubles, and I, I believe I read in the trapping field that he was like one of the first few. He said he was one of the first few flights out, and I just at the time I thought that was unbelievable, and I still do because man, they were tough to see out that day, which I know this is kind of off topic from what y'all were talking about, but I that is just my little story. Missouri, it's wild. Henry's just a target grinding machine. You just, you never know about him. He's probably one of the most satisfying people I've ever watched shoot. I watched him and uh, Dave Riddle shoot off, or I think it was like double A or triple A at the zone this past year and man both of them you it just there was just them two on the field and they had call for a singles target and about the same height for both of them every single time that thing had turned into just a little smoke ball it was something to watch he's pretty dangerous on a cornhole board too 
just kind of switching topics here. Uh, I know you sell a lot of the pilas and stuff, but don't you have like a sporting goods store in your hometown also? Yeah, we have a uh, we have a it's a little it's a little uh, gun store inside of a pharmacy that we have, but a lot of people find that wild that you have you sell drugs and guns, but it, it uh we we really started out selling selling a lot of uh, just long guns and pistols, but we uh, we kind of got into doing the suppressors and stuff at a little at one time, but we've kind of gotten out of that and really started. It's it's been so hard to get you know get guns and stuff. Really just do more transfers and stuff through it now and the little bit of stuff that we do get on do have on the shelf but we we, we generally can get a decent amount of of uh, rifle ammo but it's been hard to get shotgun ammo too lately but we uh it's uh i, I work there here and there just kind of going there it's it's fun to be around to uh, be around guns and and uh everything related to guns um, I know I brought up the, that you sell pillows and stuff, uh, but who would you say is the hardest person you've ever had to pitch to and like have to work with about putting together like what lenses they wanted and everything? <laughs> well, you know, uh, well, it's a you know it's always a, it's a tough decision for people to uh, to make you know when they go to uh, to buy to buy a, a set of lenses, especially you know I mean the pillows aren't cheap. But uh, there's so many different lenses that that are involved. But uh, I remember at, at the at the Kentucky State shoot this last past year, uh, your dad Mike, when he he uh, he probably made uh, well him and you you came with him half the time, and and then times he came by himself, and uh, he he probably came a total I'd say probably thirty or forty times, and then sometimes he just came by to stop and talk, you know. But uh, I, that's part of it. I love I love just being able to to. Uh, sit there and talk to people and make new relationships with people. And, uh, you, you hear stories that, uh, you know, if, if you didn't do that, if you just, you know, set, went back and sat in the shade or sat in your camper, you know, that you, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't meet the people or, or hear the stories, you know. Honestly, there's no telling how many sets he sold you that week and during his process <laughs> of everything. Yeah, there, there was a, there there was a lot, you know, a lot of times he would, he would, he would show up and, he would bring, you know, three three people with him, and uh, it was three three different people every time. But that's just that's that's part of it. I and I and I, I love how, uh, you know, how the people, you know, one person hears about it, and then, and then they're 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 making trips back and forth. But you know, they're they're bringing more people too, and uh, which I know I know you helped me out a lot there too. And, and Jack Jack always he uh, he's always helping me out at, at places and. Uh, he, he 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 probably could almost sell them for me at this point. Yeah, well, uh, talking about the pillars, you you do probably have some of the most at, in the in the in the shoots, some of the most contagious word of mouth business I've ever seen. I remember at the state shoot, and I know I know Nick had to have heard about it because I don't know anybody that didn't hear about it. You the 29 CIMX orange lenses. I do not know who the first person to buy them was. I don't know if it was you might do you remember Jacob? Was it Lee? Or I was think it, it was I think it was I think it was Jared Everly. Jared Everly? Yeah. I think it was either him. No, I think yeah, it was him. I think it was him. Because I know I knew of like four four or five people told me to go get them by the time I made it to I mean to your camper. 
they were done gone yeah and, i think i showed up i i had a had a few uh few in stock with me and then i think when i got home i was i probably ordered six or seven of them to ship out you, i think you, it was either it was jared everly or jeremy beasley one of them one of them bought them first but I think everybody who kind of who kind of sits over there with them at the Kentucky at the Kentucky State shoot was over there looking at them. Uh, they stopped me. I was walking. I was walking down the little road there, and they, uh, and it and it was kind of cloudy. He said, "Hey, come look through these." And I walked over there, and I mean, you know, I was sold. It was love at first look. Yeah. So now we got the, another pair. You know, every every time they come out with something new, it's it's contagious. You got to have it. That's what I find myself all the time looking through all the different ones, trying to find something else that I that I need. But I've uh, I've learned to kind of control that and just and make myself decide I just need the need the five that I, that I have in my in my box. And I just carry those with me. What are the five that you would say your favorite? Well, so I carry the uh, well my my favorite my number one would be the eighteen CED. I, I really like the the bronze color, but I, I that's that would probably I use that. 80% of the time but other than that I use the uh, the 38 CIED which is one it's the lighter bronze that's with the infrared and then I use a, a 50 PWC and a 70 PWC which are the peach ones and then for at, at night time I use the uh, the not the 92 CIL which is the which is that green color And you, you use the X7s, don't you? The Outlaw X7s? Yep. Yep. I, like I never really they, uh, care for that tighter. yellow color. Talk about the, the green one? Yeah, I got the 92. Uh, I think it's the 92 some, something. I can't remember. It's an older lens, but I never have really liked it, to be honest. Well, Jack, you got that, you got that 92 CIL, and you use that a lot, don't you? Yeah, it don't take much persuading to get me to buy another one. And I had the 98 AR, which is like the basically the clear one for shooting at night. And I got the I got the 92s because Jacob had them and I looked through his and I got them for shooting at night. But honestly, a lot of times I use them on a on a cloudy day. I used them a couple times at the Grand this past year, not just at the shoot offs at night, but I remember the handicap that Brady made it to the 27 i remember i switched to them on the last box because it's getting real cloudy and in the picture after he made the 27 everybody else you're wearing your dark ones everybody else wearing their dark ones and i got my 92s on <laughs> yeah i think uh i think when i showed you those 92s i was using i think i was using the non-infrared ones and i think uh you looked through those and liked them and i said hey i got i got the infrared ones and i think you're the first one to buy the 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 new the green infrareds from me after you got them and, and you told me about how great they were i swapped immediately yeah i really liked them i but i don't know i i like just about all of them it's hard you look through them and i don't you know it's it's contagious uh moving on to the next topic uh you said that you're obviously you're from Tennessee. What what is your home club in Tennessee? Well, uh, it's a Murray County Gun Club, and uh, it's in Columbia, Tennessee. But 
we uh we've been working on right now a range here in Wayne in Waynesboro to be a uh, for the for the team to be on everything. And it's just got two fields, but we've been building that just now in the last six or seven months. Got it so we could start shooting on it. But we've been building that for the past two years. But it's gonna have two fields and hopefully have a skeet field at some point on it. But uh, all we're all we're lacking now is a, is a clubhouse and and uh, just got it registered for the ATA. So hopefully here before long we can have uh, some uh, some registered shoots and some big fifties or something maybe get get uh, get you and Jack to come down to shoot. You ever shot the P and T track club? I have not. Where's that at? Uh, that's like where Michaela Dixon and them shoot it. I've heard them talk about it. Uh-uh. I've, I've, I hadn't heard of that one. Um, but going on to my next question, uh, where's the what, – what would you say was the, probably the farthest you traveled to a shoot? Well, it, it'd either be Tucson, Arizona, or Vernal, Utah, and uh, we, which we always fly to, to Tucson, but we uh, – we decided to drive drive over to, to Utah this this last season, and uh, I tell you that was one heck of a drive. I think it was I think it was about a twenty four hour drive, and uh, it took us about three days to do it, but we we got it accomplished. We kind of hit on Darnell a little bit with Lauren, but could you tell us a little bit about, more about how the the it's set up and like how it how it is to shoot out there and stuff? You talk about a uh, Vernal or at a uh... Yeah, Vernal. Vernal. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of like seems like kind of like a like a horseshoe to me, kind of shape. And uh, they when I was there, they had you shooting on uh, starting on field one, two, and three, and I think you would rotate three fields every time. So when you started on, if you started on field one, is really I think field one and two, you were looking at the last field, which I think is the practice trap. But uh, you know it uh behind the practice traps, the, the parking lot and almost the clubhouse, but it's a, it was, it was a pretty range to shoot at. And it was, uh, I broke a few good scores there, but also broke a few bad scores, but the, 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 the weather, you know, it's, uh, it's about like Tucson with the weather, you know, kind of cold in the morning, warm in the afternoon, but then there, there is, there is that wind that, that, uh, wind that's out in the West that, that hits you from your back a lot there. Going back to you said it was a long drive out there. I heard that the drive to Vernal, Utah is so long that in fact occasionally people chicken out and have to fly back instead of drive back. Yeah, I did do that. I did uh I I uh, I flew back with my grandparents. They flew out to we kinda after the after the, the uh the grand out there we kind of traveled around and, and visited sightseed a little bit with my grandparents, but I flew back with them and which I am kind of glad I did. I think, uh, I think that the car, the air conditioner decided to stop working on that on the, uh, on the way home. So, uh, I, I didn't have to deal with the no air conditioning driving home. He just didn't want him to travel alone, Jack. You know, you got to take care of your grandparents. <laughs> yeah, he's just a good Samaritan like that. Well, Jacob, a, a next question I got for you here. Obviously, I know, you know, you shoot with your brother Brady a lot and you shoot with me occasionally. So, other than me and Brady, who would you say your dream squad mates are? 
you know, from shooting at the Grand this this uh, year, I really I, I love shooting with y'all. You know, we had, we had a great squad, but uh, I love shooting with uh, uh, you, Brady, uh, Kobe Lancaster. He was he was he's fun to shoot with, and uh, always has uh, something to to say. You know, while we're shooting, but uh, usually to, about me being late. Well, all of y'all say that about me being late, which uh, I blame that on Brady. <laughs> but uh, probably for the fifth, you know, a, a lot of people get thrown in there, which we shot there at the at the the Grand with uh, Mason. But you know, I love uh, I love shooting with Alan Loveless. He's 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 always a, a hoot to to shoot with. You never know what he's what he's gonna say or or do, and he always seems to to make everybody smile out there. But it's a uh, I've always had good squads with with uh, when I've shot with him too. Nick, on the opening singles of the Grand, this is Wednesday prelim singles, first event of the whole thing. You would think the one event of the entire shoot you would be on time for. We had to get the line supervisor, and, and she had to give us five minutes for Jacob and Brady to make it to the trap. Opening singles. Sounds like you were shooting like shoot with Austin Day. He's okay. always mad about He's always bad about being late and forgetting his shells and forgetting to change his gun from singles to doubles and just anything you can think of. You know, I was late multiple times, but but my my great squad mates they they seemed to uh, hesitate enough to uh, to wait on us. But I know there's a few times that Jack was a little late, but we uh, everybody seemed not to give him uh, too much uh, of a hard time about that. He was probably just finishing up his chicken tenders. <laughs> yeah, you had, you had Jack uh, eating the chicken tenders and Kobe, what he was eating. Was it ice cream he was eating? I don't know. All I know is you got to have the proper fuel before you go out there to shoot. At least I do anyways. That's the first thing I did after every event at the Grand. I went back to the camper and I started eating. Yeah, yeah I, I, we always uh, – end up eating uh me and brady go back and make like a like a chicken quesadilla or uh or at the grand we go and get uh sometimes go get he, he likes barbecue nachos so we, we go and get those sometimes but you know what they say you got to eat your way to triple a <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not pointing fingers at anybody but i'm just saying some of the greatest trap shooters that have ever lived are bigger guys so I'm just I'm trying not to put myself at any disadvantage, you know. I'm just trying to be be like everybody else, I reckon. I think that's one of the first questions that my dad asked me whenever we're out shooting somewhere in the mornings like, where are we gonna eat at tonight? I'm like, Dad, it's eight o'clock in the morning. We'll worry about that later. It's the first thing that gets on my mind after breakfast. Well, I do, I do, I do wake up at a, at a shoot. I do wake up and start thinking about about the events. I like I like the handicap. Usually, if I can focus on the handicap, I do good in the singles because I don't think about it. But anyways, I do I do like to figure out where I'm going to eat. At Sparta, that's usually a tough question to answer. Just the next time oh, you're out like there shooting handicap in Sparta, just imagine there's chicken wings floating out through there, and whenever you hit them, you've eaten them. So maybe you do better. I like shooting far enough away from the food so I don't sit there and start thinking about the food. Yeah, I shoot right there at Bank 5, so we're right there right in front of all the food vendors and everything. But I found that's probably one of my favorite places to shoot at. Um, it's real easy to squad there. And um, 
I don't know, just the background is the same through all four traps. I know uh, Dwayne Wilson shot with us this year, and he said it was probably his favorite place to shoot, too. Um, I don't know if any of y'all has ever shot there. It's like it's right beside the uh, practice traps on the east end. Yeah, I think I've, I've shot up there in past years, but we shot on, was it 19, Jack? Yeah, we shot on 19 the whole time. Y'all down there in the rich people banks then come shoot with us poor boys up there sometime. Oh, I remember when I was pre-squatted. I I pre-squatted the whole squad and I remember getting on there and you can you can see the names popping in on the on the flight in front of you, flight behind you, Bobby Fowler and Dagan Voltman. And you know, everybody that that whole it's about thirteen through twenty-two. Those are some pretty dang popular banks for the grand. You got to be on your toes when pre-squad comes around. Yeah, I pre-squatted like three days before it ended, and I got all the all but one event, I believe, on bank five. Had no problem. That's one one of the reasons why I like shooting there. Well, Jacob, another question I got for you here is now that you are out of school and starting to become the next great pilot, how is your shooting schedule changing from the years past? Well, you know, <clears throat> I feel like with flying, it uh, it's it's more of well the way I've done it, more of on my own time. So I've been able to take off to uh to go to a shoot and come back and, and uh get back into it you know and it, which it has it's kind of slowed down my how my progress on on getting everything done as quickly but i'm hoping for for this this next coming season to uh hopefully you know on days or on weeks i know i'm going to be gone the next week out of shoot hopefully be able to fly a few days extra on the, the week prior so that it uh it won't affect me as much you know so i can kind of work to my goal of on getting all of my my ratings and everything for that done but uh, hopefully one day I'll be able to just uh, fly us to a shoot, you know, Jack. Yeah, come pick me up. Driving's overrated. <laughs> maybe uh, Have you- maybe the podcast can afford a afford a plane before long. Have you put in for the next Top Gun movie? Yeah, I have not. No, I don't think I'm in good enough shape to fly one of them jets. Have the Blue Angels, at least the Blue Angels. <laughs> i just fly fly little planes right now wait we're gonna nick was it brady that come up with our intro to the next year how we're gonna walk up to the line at the grand from dog oh yeah <laughs> we're all gonna we're gonna work out collectively as a squad and then once we're in shape we're gonna do the dodgeball the globo gym entrance when we walk to the line, have you seen that on YouTube? You yeah. YouTube it yeah, the snakes. The, yeah. The yeah. snakes thing. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be interesting. Well, I'm out of questions. Nick, you got anything? Uh, the only thing I have left is uh, what is probably – what's your favorite shoot you go to and like as far as like targets and people and everything? You know, I really – I love uh, – I really have two of my favorite. I love going out to uh, to Tucson out there to the Tucson Trap and Skeet. It's uh, I don't know the scenery's beautiful. They they throw good targets, and uh, there's it's just 
it, it feels like a late, real laid back shoot kind of, you know. And then also, I also love uh, the silver dollar down in Florida, which I know a lot of people can't stand it and, and hate the wind. But I've always seemed to, to shoot, put up pretty good scores there. And uh, I, don't know, I love how the uh, like this little golf cart community around there and, and the camping the on the on scenes on, on site camping is just it's awesome. You know, being able to go from your campsite to the to the uh, to the field, which is it's there's like a bunch of houses behind you pretty much. And you just drive down like a neighborhood going to the field. I, I, I love the I love shooting there. Which the the wind is is aggravating and handicapped, so I will say that. But <laughs> Jack, you've been there what once? No, I I went there had a moment. I think three times. Three times I've been there. Well, now you know you know it's gonna be there again in March, so we could uh could have a squad there. I'm trying to talk my parents into the Florida State shoot. I really am. Because it's the it's the week after the week following the Southern Grand, isn't it? Yep, that follows the Southern Grand. I think there's a day in between it. Come down yeah. and shoot the yeah. uh, shoot the the championship weekend of the Southern Grand. We'll see. What um what we're doing at Tucson is we're going down, leaving on like a first thing Friday morning, driving a lot of the way Friday. And the rest of the way Saturday, and then Sunday, I'm gonna shoot the doubles and handicap of the prelim week as like a little, like two practice rounds basically, and then Monday we'll let her rip on the on the main thing. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. I've never been uh, I've never been to Tucson in the in the spring, but uh, which I've heard it's, I've heard it can be really cold there in the spring. You know, we went last year, and, you know, it was sunny and 85 every day. Now I'll go out there and I'll freeze myself off. But, you know, I enjoyed it last time. I know, Nick, you said on the last podcast that it was really cold when you went out there. Yeah, it was uh, warmer at home than it was out there. Uh, I packed two long sleeve shirts and, like, two pairs of jeans, and I had to wash them every two days. Because all I had packed was shorts and short sleeve shirts for the week. Then we had to shoot off. I had to shoot off that Saturday in the singles, and I had to shoot off in a hoodie. And I was like, I I flew all the way to Tucson just to shoot in the same clothes I could have shot in Kentucky. In that's how it won uh, at the Autumn Grand this year. I had to shoot off. We waited for hours to shoot off, and, and which we shot under the lights and everything. I think it was for the. I think it was for the handicap. I think on the Friday before the the singles championship, and uh, it was it was cold. I tell you, it was. I, I had, uh, I, I which I don't like shooting in a hoodie or nothing. So I was like trying to stay as warm as I could before I went out there. But that wind, the wind chill, just I was, I was shaking out there. <laughs> That's pretty much got all my questions, Jack. That's got me too, Jacob. There anything you want to touch on before we get off of here? I don't believe so. All righty. Well, Jacob, thank you for talking with us today, and Nick, thank you for getting on here with me. And um, we'll have another good one to put out there Wednesday morning. Yeah. Th hey, thank y'all too. I had a had a lot of fun talking to y'all.
Yes, sir. Thank you for coming, Jacob. And Jack, thank you for having me back again. Yeah, we'll we'll do it again, guys. Maybe I can get Brady to do one with you next. Yeah, we'll have to get the dynamic duo over here, the the chopper in the flesh. <laughs> I tried getting him on tonight, but he just he 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 said he he didn't know what to say. Maybe whenever your podcast gets a little bit bigger, Jack, will be you'll be good enough for Brady to come on. <laughs> yeah, the the chopper he's 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 well known. Yeah, he he doesn't speak to just anyone. You you have to you have to be pretty high up on the list. You have to know his personal assistant pretty good for you can even get close to him. Yeah, I had to make an appointment last time I, I Snapchatted him. <laughs> All righty, guys. Well, I've enjoyed it. I'll get it edited up and put it out there. All right. It sounds good, Jack. All right. Thank see you, y'all. Have a happy new year if I don't talk to you. Hey, y'all, too. It's good talking to you, Nick. You too, Jacob. Take care. You too. See y'all. See you.